friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toys and Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always. And we have got a full-up episode of this Man Cave Podcast. We're going to do a little run-it-back, which used to be called Film Review, Film Session. We're going to talk a little bit about the greatest show in the world, Yellowstone. First two episodes debuted this past weekend. We're going to do a little... A uh, little last call talking about hunting traditions with the opener coming up this weekend in Wisconsin. Got some picks, so we got a little crystal ball action. But we're going to lead this podcast off with a uh, Dan Casper show, Instant Replay. Talking a little bit about the Packers releasing Amari Rogers and Kylan Hill. And kind of looking back at the Packers' history of third-round picks, mid-round picks. Not that great. And for championship-caliber teams... I kind of make the case for a championship-caliber team, you've got to hit on those mid-round picks. So we'll lead off this episode of the Man Cave Podcast with a little DK Show instant replay. Let's get things rolling here this morning on the opening drive uh, to kick things off on this Making the Turn Wednesday. So to the delight of many Packers fans yesterday, Mario Rogers out. He's no longer with the team. Kylan Hill also out, no longer with the team. Patrick Taylor signed back to to the active roster. I was hoping this would be an opportunity for Mr. Tyler Goodson. He hasn't gotten any uh, regular season snaps yet after having, I thought, a a pretty darn good preseason. Hasn't gotten up there. But main reason is probably limited special teams experience. So got to play special teams, right? Especially if you're going to be a third down back. Patrick Taylor has more of that. Mr. Goodson doesn't. So... But uh, the Packers also bringing in D.D. Westbrook to the practice squad. Uh, a lot of experience returning punts and kicks. So maybe that will be the role for him. And maybe we will see it uh, right away tomorrow night. But you look at uh, you know another release, another third-round pick that the Packers moving on from before the end of their rookie contracts. Mario Rogers was just a pick last year for crying out loud. Uh, you, you look at some of the third-round picks as of late, and, and Green Bay hasn't really really done a good job. And when you kind of look back at it, the, the last one they may have hit on was, was Morgan Burnett in 2010. Remember his rookie year, too? He ended up tearing his ACL, so he didn't even play in the Super Bowl that year. That was the Nick Collins and Charlie Pepper, mostly for, for the whole season. So, and then second might be like Richard Rodgers. I know Ty Montgomery was a third-round pick, but, you know, in terms of what he did with, with Green Bay, not that much. He's still still active. He's still playing. So, give the guy credit. He's still around the league right now. But, oh, man, it hasn't been good. That's, you know, I will say this about Goody. I think he has at least shown that if a player's not working out, a player that he drafted, 
isn't working out, he will cut ties with them. Whereas, I think you can make the case, you can make the argument, maybe there was times where, where Ted, Ted Thompson, kind of kept them a little bit longer because those were his his picks. Whereas, you know, we could say Goody missed on him. However, we can also say that, yeah, he wasn't afraid to kind of let them go. We, Amari Rogers, you know, Jay Sternberger. Uh, you could go to Jamon Moore. Didn't even make it out of preseason. Uh, Kingsley Kiki. Yeah, that's that. Those are those are obviously players you'd rather hit on and keep them and and all that sort of stuff. But I guess at one point, J.K. Scott being another one, if you wanted to throw that one in there, well, at least they moved on and didn't really hold on to them longer than what uh, I guess they they needed to be. But I mean, these are if we want to kind of focus on third round picks. You know, you look at, I don't know what Sean Ryan's career is going to be. I'm sorry, Surveyor Sam, but a third rounder. And can't even get on the field right now, the offensive lineman. And and maybe it's just an adjustment period, maybe playing a different uh, type of position and such. But Zach Tom's getting playing time over him. And he was a fourth rounder. Uh, there was times he wasn't even active for, for game days, too. So hopefully it works out for Sean Ryan. Don't Not ready to shut the door on him yet, but... Yeah, you'd like to see him potentially, you know, get on the field or at least, you know, have some confidence that he's going to be. Because, I mean, if you're drafted in the third round, the expectation is, I would think that eventually you're going to be a starter or a, or a, a regular contributor. So this year's third-round pick, Sean Ryan, haven't really seen anything from him. Amari Rogers last year, third-round pick. He's gone. 2020, third-round pick, Josiah DeGuara. We've seen some plays, but again, probably not to the level that that we expected. And I know he tore his ACL too a little bit, of, or what, a year or two ago. But we kind of thought he was going to be that H-back type of guy lining up in the backfield, and we've seen that. But, you know, thinking a little bit like how um, San Francisco uses their fullbacks and such. Maybe haven't seen enough of that yet. Uh, 2019 was Jay Sternberger. You go back to 2018, Oren Burks. 2017, Montrevious Adams. That was uh, Ted Thompson's final draft. 2016, Kyler Fackrell. 2015, Ty Montgomery. 2014, Kyrie Thornton. Richard Rogers. They didn't have a third rounder in 2013. They didn't uh, have a third rounder in 2012. Trading and all that sort of stuff. 2011, Alex Green, the running back. And then 2010, it was Morgan Burnett. 2009, they didn't have one. 2008, Jermichael Finley. 2007, James Jones. Then Aaron Rose. But you get the point. Right, and that's where I look at like that's why I love day two picks, second and third rounders, and even like fourth rounders in day three, like that two three four, two three four rounds two three four, those are the picks in my opinion that they may be a little bit more difficult. Kind of have to go down your your list because you know the majority of people know who the first-rounders are going to be. Once you get towards the back end, you know, you got some guys that may get drafted a little bit earlier that people thought 
early second round, maybe they creep into the first round, and vice versa. Back-end first-rounders may fall to the second round, that sort of thing. But in my opinion, just my opinion, championship rosters are built with those second, third, fourth-round picks. And Green Bay has done a good job in some of those areas. Fourth-rounders, David Bakhtiari, right? Second-rounders, Elton Jenkins. Hopefully Elton Jenkins can get back on, on that path. Devontae Adams. So you're going through going through some history. Uh, you know. Joe, AJ Dillon's second round pick. Josh Myers, second round pick. We'll see how Christian Watson, how his career kind of plays out. But you can I and, and that's where I go back. Like I was looking at that ninety-five draft. I was going through some of these some of these drafts. And I mean, even like for I guess if you want to look at the two thousand ten team kind of leading up to to that. I mean B, uh TJ Lang was a fourth round pick. I know he wasn't a starter, but Jordy Nelson was a second round pick. Josh Sitton was a fourth round pick. We mentioned James Jones as a third round pick. Darren College was a second-round pick, was a starter on that team. Greg Jennings was a second-round pick. Jason Spitz was a third-round pick. Kind of up and down career, but played some starting snaps. snaps. Nick Collins was a second-round pick. You know, to, to me, in my opinion, those second, third, and fourth-round picks, are those are the, the, the picks that I think GMs need to make their money. Like that's or the scouts need to make their money because those are the spots that fill in your roster's that could get some prime playing time. That those are to me, those are the spots that if you want to build a championship roster, you have to hit on your second, third, and fourth round picks. Everybody expects, and I know we, it's not always the case, but like you know, first round picks, yeah, those guys have to play. They have to be studs. It doesn't always work out, but if you can hit your second, third, and fourth picks and fill out a championship roster or a really good roster already with second and third and fourth round picks. You're in pretty good shape. And that's why I look back at that 95 draft with with Ron Wolf. You know, Packers were trending up, right? You had your quarterback. You had Reggie White. You had your pieces. You had some veterans. You added that, which is like Sean Jones and, and Keith Jackson and et cetera, et cetera. But yet he went into that 95 draft and he found five starters and a special teams contributor that helped in that champion in that Super Bowl. In that Super Bowl 31. Heck, you can even look at the 1996 draft. But if we're focusing on just that, that 95 draft, five starters. Five starters on that Super Bowl 31 team. Craig Newsom, William Henderson, and I know you could kind of like, well, you know, Edgar Bennett, Dorsey Levins. William Henderson started 11 games for Green Bay that year. Antonio Freeman started 12 games. You had Adam Timmerman on there. You had Brian Williams. You had, we mentioned Craig Newsom. Key contributors. And then, of course, you know, Travis Jervy on, on special teams. I think was it a year ago, year and a half ago, somebody asked me what uh, what do you think is the best draft in Packers history? And we always focus on like Hall of Famers, right? We look at okay, okay, what drafts have the 
the most Hall of Famers or, or close to Hall of Famers on there. And you, know, you could go like to late 50s, 60s with Jack Venisi and those drafts he had, but you kind of look at 95, and yeah, there's no Hall of Famers on there, but when you want to talk about contributors, hmm, yeah. Timberman, Freeman, Henderson, Williams, Newsom, Jervy. That's a pretty darn solid draft for a team that, you know, in that year, in those years, trending upward, trying to get to that Super Bowl, and he nailed it by getting starters and those mid-round picks. Nailed it. So you, you look at Goody's draft history, and I know it's just from 2018. Now, you know, his first draft. I would say he hit on Jair, right? He hit on Jair that year. Josh Jackson? No. Oren Burks? He's with Sam Fran. Jamon Moore? Nope. Cole Madison? You know, he was dealing with some personal stuff. Never got to see that play out. J.K. Scott? He's with the Chargers, but wasn't working out in Green Bay. MVS? Making some money with Kansas City. Equinemius St. Brown? He's with Chicago right now, but wasn't doing anything with Green Bay. 2019, I think he hit on uh, Rashawn Gary. Darnell Savage, yeah, jury's out, but trending down. Alton Jenkins was off to a great start this year. A little struggling a little bit, maybe not fully back from from uh, his his ACL. Jay Sternberger, nope. Kingsley Kiki, nope. Ty Summers, Kadar Holman, Dexter Williams, Nah. Jordan Love. We'll see. AJ Dillon. I think we're satisfied with AJ Dillon. Cy Aguara. Maybe don't know yet. Kamal Martin. No, he was released really early too. John Runyon Jr. He's a starter. Jake Hansen. He's on the team. Jonathan Garvin. He's getting playing times in a role position. Last year. Or I should say 2021. Stokes. Okay. Seen some good stuff. Josh Myers, starter. Myers Rogers, gone. Royce Newman, benched. Slayton, getting in some uh, packages for run stopping. Cole Van Lannan, gone. Isaiah McDuffie, led the team in tackles last week. Hill, gone. And then this, we of course know with Clay Walker, Wyatt, Watson, Ryan, Dobbs, Tom, Enoch Barre, etc., etc. So, yeah, he's hit on some good players, but obviously missed on others, like any other general manager in the league. But I think for a team like what Green Bay was in with Aaron Rodgers, championship caliber team, you know, spent in free agency, brought in some veterans, brought in some key contributors, if you're going to keep those third, fourth, second round picks, you got to hit on those because those, I think, if you are a team, that you know you're going for it. You're a championship caliber team. You've got a lot of high priced talent on your roster already. You spent some money, like Green Bay has done the last couple of years. You, you you spent some money. You've gotta. It, it puts the pressure to hit on those mid round picks, those second, third, and fourth. Throw in a little fifth round or two. It puts the extra pressure on there to hit on those picks that those guys are going to be contributors. The fact that uh, Mario Rogers, a third-round pick, is no longer on the team, uh, you know, Jay Sternberger, no longer on the team, 
We don't know what Josiah DeGuar is going to be. You know, Oren Burks, no longer on the team. You know, Montrevious Adams, not on the team. I know that's a Ted Thompson one. But the fact that those guys didn't even finish out, like, their contracts, their rookie contracts, some big-time misses. And it puts that extra pressure on a championship-caliber team that you've got to hit on those picks. And Goody has not hit on those picks. And it's not to say a lot of other GMs have either, but it just puts a little bit added pressure on there. If you're, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money in other areas, you're going to have holes in other areas. You've got to hit on your mid-round picks. Right now, you can make the case Green Bay has, but it's disappointing. It's disappointing. I mean, I remember when Amari Rodgers was drafted. You know, we're thinking, hey, kind of a unique weapon, maybe. Slot, special teams, did some good stuff at uh, Clemson there. Hey, he's good friends with Randall Cobb. Kind of have that dynamic, and it just didn't work out. And you know what? I I I am sure he's going to probably land on another team. Maybe another team picks him up on waivers by today. Claims him on waivers. He will be on another team. And maybe the change of scenery will do him best. But it didn't work out in Green Bay again. And you look at those third-round picks and some of those fourth-rounders and, oh, if they would have, you know, I don't know. I just feel like with, with what Green Bay the last few years, with that team that they built and the money that they spent, when you don't hit on those mid-round picks, that's a tough pill to swallow. Not even just one or two. Yikes. At Toyson Ford, they're proud to serve the drivers of Chippewa Falls with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the Eau Claire, Bloomer, and Elk Mound region the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts center in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealer dealership for all of your automotive needs. Check them out today at toysandford.net. All right, it's time to do a little segment that I like to call Run It Back. It used to be called the film session or film review, but uh, you know, like in the sports world, you hear coaches and and scouts always kind of say, run it back. Well, it means rewind the tape and rewind it or rewind it and rewatch it is what I'm trying to say. So I figured that's kind of a unique way to name this segment instead of just like film review or film session run it back so yellowstone yellowstone is my favorite tv show that's on right now and judging by the majority it's probably like the majority's favorite tv show so season five started with two new episodes two things it it, it start yes and this is going to be a spoiler so if you have not seen the season yet or the opener yet i'm sorry but you know, you got the 24 to 48 hour rule in effect when it comes to uh, spoilers. And, well, you know what? That, that's that's past. So I'm going to give you 48 hours. It's on every Sunday. I'm going to give you 48 hours, and then we got to talk about it. So uh opens up with John Dutton, Kevin Costner. He's the governor of Montana now. I highly doubt, this is my prediction, I highly doubt he's going to finish his four-year term as governor. I don't see it happening. He's already, you know, 
not thrilled with it, wasn't thrilled about it before. He's already, you know, not kind of doing everything you're supposed to be doing as governor, not, you know, playing the game and and making friends and and that sort of thing. I don't see him finishing as the full-term governor. However, you would think that the, the segue would be to his adopted son, Jamie, who is the AG, who the attorney general, who wanted to be governor or has ambitions to be governor. And as we know how season four ended, he murdered his biological father, his sister Beth has that picture, kind of blackmailing him and that sort of thing. But it's setting up, and if you look at some of the promos, it's almost setting up like Jamie's going to go against the Dutton family again. Like it, like it's setting up for that. And it's just like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, I get it. You, you, you can't stand Beth and... You feel like an outsider at, at some points in that, and maybe you kind of want to blaze your own path. But how many more chances are you going to get? And, like, is it worth the risk? You know what I mean? Like, is it worth the risk at, with this whole thing? So I just I don't know where that storyline is going to go. But if it's going to go down a path again where he's going to go against the family or he's going to do some stuff to, to piss off the Duttons again, I just, I wonder, I'm kind of intrigued with that, but at the same time, you know, like, if we're treating this like a real thing, it's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell are you doing? So, I, you know, again, it's promos, it's teasers, it could go a completely different route. Maybe, you know, he's just playing the game in itself there a little bit there too, but I don't know, those were like the two, I guess, kind of big things that popped out to me with the first two episodes where, you know, I, just based off some predictions, I think... I don't think Dutton's John Dutton's going to finish as governor. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen where he's not going to finish his full term as governor. Um, and is this setting up again for Jamie to do something stupid against the Dutton family again? Because if you're watching those two episodes, you know the the uh, the, the the development group are already kind of eyeing up him when they were looking at you know the the press conferences and and that sort of thing like oh he looks like he's not all on board with this governor sort of thing and and you kind of wonder are they going to be able to target him I know that they are going to target him but are they going to be able to get him to do something stupid again get him to do something stupid I feel like something like there's going to be a death in this series in this season somebody. Somebody kind of crucial or somebody kind of big. Like, something's going to happen. I, I feel it. I feel it's going to happen. I don't know who it's going to be. But there's going to be a character who ends up dying in this series. It's just a gut. Just a gut. There's just too much going on, I feel like. And too much, like, almost like a war type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I, I've got that gut feeling watching the first two episodes. That's something drastic is going to happen by the season's end that's just me but it end the the last episode ended with the with the wolf collars getting uh you know they threw them in the river but they ended up getting dammed up so you know that's going to come back to bite the the dutton ranch in in the butt you know it's it's going to come back to them um i'm not sure what the significance is of where it was dammed in the in the river where it was caught in the river um, you know, I'm sure we'll probably find that out coming up in episode three, but obviously I think that is something related to, and then, you know, it was ended where they're like, uh, uh, Jake was tilling up the field, disking the field. So it's like, okay, what did he find? 
or what is he going to get dig up dig up and maybe it's something native american you know because you have the whole back and forth with native american so maybe it's a burial ground and then you know you kind of open that door so maybe that's something there and then with the wolf thing with uh with the trackers that's kind of my theory does he dig up something that is part of the native american history when he's disking that field you catch that glimpse at the end of the latest episode and then with the wolf trackers getting caught dammed up in that river i think there's something that's obviously a lot of the storylines are are around the the land of the dutton ranch and sort of thing but something big is going to happen with those two i feel like that's my prediction so again you get the 24 to 48 hour rule on teasers if you just listen to that and you didn't get to watch it that's your own fault okay 24 to 48 hours to catch up on it's with streaming and all that sort of stuff you can you can do it okay you can do it but if you didn't want to now you know now you know you get 24 to 48 hours before i ruin uh any episodes for you but that's our run it back gonna kind of make this a yellowstone fan podcast just because it is the greatest show on tv right now all right uh tell you what we'll take a quick break and we're gonna do some picks change it up we're gonna do some picks and then uh last call it's opening deer season for for the rifle season here in wisconsin and a lot of you listening right now i know partake in that so traditions big thing involved with that i've got my traditions or in other words a lot of these are superstitious sort of things so quick break we'll do picks then we'll do last call talking about that your tailgating headquarters is at High V in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about High V not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's High V in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. All right, it's picks time here as we are into week 11 of the NFL season. I'm going to save the Thursday night game between Green Bay and Tennessee for the last one for obvious reasons. So we'll start it up. Carolina taking on the Ravens. The Ravens are 12-and-a-half favorites in this game. I think Baltimore wins, but I don't think they cover in that game. I just feel like 12-and-a-half for Baltimore um, I'm not comfortable with that much. So I, I think Baltimore wins, but they don't cover. How about Buffalo and the Browns? Are they going to get six feet of snow for this game? Uh, Buffalo is favored by eight and a half. Loses the last two games in a row. They bounce back. They take care of business against the Browns. We're going to get Deshaun Watson back at practice this week. Uh, we got Philly taking on the Colts. Philly favored by six and a half. They win. They cover. Uh, let's go with the Jets at New England. New England favored by three and a half. So three goes to the home team. Slightly favored there. You know what? I think the Jets pull this one off. I don't think they cover, but I'm going to go with the Jets. I think they pull this one off against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So I'll go with, uh, I'll go with the Jets on this one. Commanders taking on the Texans. Commanders favored by three and a half. I'll take the Commanders. I think they cover, but I think this is a game where the Commanders only win by like four or five it's less than a touchdown in this one rams taking on the saints saints are favored by four and a half no cooper cup in this game rams are struggling this is a must win for the rams 
Uh, I'm surprised the Saints are actually favored by four and a half in this one, to be honest with you. I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. I think the Rams battle back and they get this victory. Detroit taking on the Giants. Giants favored by three and a half. So if this was at a neutral site, it would be even. I'll take the Giants, and I think they barely cover in this one. Let's go with the Bears at Atlanta. Atlanta favored by three. Again, neutral site. It'd be even. I'm taking the Bears with that offense. They've got something figured out there with Justin Fields uh, running the football. So I'm actually going to go with the Bears in, in, in this one. Raiders at Denver. Denver, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going with the Raiders in this one. I'm going with the Raiders. I th- I'm going with a lot of upsets this week. I like it. we got the Cowboys at Minnesota. Cowboys are actually favored by one-and-a-half. I think the Cowboys bounce back. They get this W. Minnesota riding high after that Buffalo win. They falter a little bit. Although, if you're a Packers fan, I think you have to cheer for Minnesota. So, if Minnesota wins, wouldn't be too upset. But I think Dallas is going to get this one. Bengals at the Steelers. Bengals, four and a half favorites. Steelers win. Steelers cover. Chiefs are at the Chargers. The Chiefs are a six and a half favorite over the Chargers. I think the Chiefs win, and the Chiefs cover that. San Francisco at Arizona. San Francisco is an eight-point favorite. San Francisco wins, but I don't think they cover. Everybody's high on San Francisco. They've got weapons, but they're just just—they're not that explosive yet on offense, even with Debo and Christian McCaffrey. So they'll win, but I don't think they'll cover. And then finally, the Thursday night game, Tennessee at Green Bay. Green Bay, three-point favorites. Again, a lot of three-point favorites or three-and-a-half-point favorites this week. Green Bay wins. Green Bay covers, I feel like. I think it'll be a low-scoring game um, and, and that sort of thing, but I think Green Bay will win this and then make this NFC playoff chase just a little bit more interesting. All right, final break, last call, coming up after these words. Last call, and this weekend is the Wisconsin deer hunting uh, opener. Well, for yeah, deer gun season uh, opener. So with that comes a lot of traditions, comes a lot of superstitiousness, yeah, right, correct word. Well, some of you have sent yours over the way. I know I wrote a blog post about it uh, for my DK Outdoors journal, but in case you haven't read it, well, I'll kind of talk a little bit about it for our last call here on the on the Man Cave podcast. So this is probably, I've got a few of them. I've got a few, tra- I like to call them traditions because it's hunting, and, and eh, maybe one of them is actually a tradition. The other ones are a little bit more Let's just call it call it what it is, superstitious, okay? So the longest one that I have is I've always listened the week leading up to or the day before to the 30-point buck, the sequel, the second one. There's a reason. Everybody talks about the first one, but the reason I always listen to the second one is because I remember buying the CD when I was with my grandma. I was like 10, 11, or 12. I can't remember, but it was around that time frame. And, uh, you know, I've actually lost that CD, but I still listen to it online. But the thing is, I listen to the majority of the CD. So definitely the song. They've got Football Man on there. They've got, uh, you know, they, they, uh, uh, like a Bigfoot sort of like uh, commentary. Not commentary, like a, a bit on there too. But they actually make fun of a little bit of a dig in my hometown of Medford on there too. So I listen to like 75% of that, mostly the 30-point the buck tail number two song. That's the reason why it's always been number two because I remember as a kid I got that CD with my grandma and ever since then we're talking like 25 years plus I've listened to that song in the majority of the CD the week or the day before of opener. So be doing that again 
something I started around 2004. I've always watched the movie Escanaba into Moonlight. I've already knocked that off the list. I watched that on there. Jeff Daniels. Everybody knows about that movie, right? So that's another one on there. I always wear my Packers turtleneck when I'm rifle hunting. I don't know exactly when I got this Packers turtleneck, but I remember I bought it when I also got my Robert Brooks jersey. Now, I believe Robert Brooks had just left the Packers, so it wasn't really when he was like 96. It might have been around 98. Maybe he was still around, but that it was around then. So I was like fourth grade, maybe even fifth grade when I got this. But for some reason, I think I got this turtleneck at Shopco. But for some reason, this turtleneck still fits me. I have no idea how big it was when I was a kid when I wear it, because I'd always wear that and then my Robert Brooks jersey over it, right? Because that was the 90s. You'd wear a jersey and a turtleneck underneath it. So like Aaron Rodgers, when he busts out the white turtleneck for the cold winter games, I bust out my green Packers turtleneck. It says Packers on the neck there for rifle hunting, and it still fits. And, yes, I wash it. I absolutely wash it. And then this is probably more the the tradition food-wise. My grandma. Love my grandma. And every Saturday and Sunday, it's the same meals. So it's the same sandwich you take out to the woods. Saturday's meal, hamburger steak with gravy, mashed potatoes, and pea. Lo- peas. Love it. Then it's Sunday, homemade pizza. And then for sandwiches for the woods to put them on the heaters or over the fire, meatloaf with onion cheese. Love it. So that's probably mostly the the main tradition I have when it comes there. The other ones are are a little bit superstitious. So what are yours? If you haven't, uh, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, um, or, or email, however you want to get a hold of me, that, that sort of thing. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. Reminder, if you are not subscribing to the podcast, do so on your favorite podcasting platform. It's free. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a solid rating, good rating, good review, so other people uh, can find the podcast. And if you head to sportstalk1051.com, you can submit a topic or a question for, for the podcast to be featured on here, too. Do that. I'm always looking for topics, questions. can be anything, all right? Just send them on over. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll talk to you guys again later.